Entering into Prayer. Welcome to episode 51 of Anglican Catechesis, where we're learning to follow Jesus on the Anglican way. Today we'll be covering question 240 through 243 in To Be a Christian and Anglican Catechism, the official catechism of the Anglican Church in North America. I'm Father Kurt Hine, Rector of Light of Christ Anglican Church in Georgetown, Texas, joined today by my co-catechist, Father Isaac Rayberg, Rector of All Saints Anglican Church in San Antonio, Texas. But before we dive in, let's start with a prayer. This is the Collect for the Seventh Sunday of Epiphany. O God, the strength of all who put their trust in you, mercifully accept our prayers, and because, through the weakness of our mortal nature, we can do no good thing without you, grant us the help of your grace, that in keeping your commandments we may please you both in will and deed, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. All right. So we are in question 240. We're continuing with this topic of prayer and getting into some more practical application. So question 240 is, with what attitude should you pray? I should pray with humility, love, and a ready openness to hear and do God's will. Yeah, that's very important that um, that our prayer is recognizing that we are we are coming before God, who is so much much greater than us, but we're coming before God who loves us, and so um, that uh, that that it's very relational. This is that's the point. This is a relational thing, not just a uh, vending machine relationship. Yeah, there there is no manipulating God. Right? That's that's impossible. Uh, there's no running away from God, actually. That's also impossible. Just been reading the book of Jonah. Um, so he does not have the openness uh, to hear God and <laughs> to do God's <laughs> will at the beginning of that story. But um, it's interesting that this list begins with humility, this posture of humility. Pride is antithetical to God, right? It's to yeah. put ourselves above God. And so a proud person, the Proverbs are always saying, is beyond help really because they're they're unable to listen they're unable to really dialogue because they already know even though they don't know and so the first thing that we need when we come before god who's not just a person but is a super personal right triune and the god of the entire universe the first thing that we need in order to have a genuine encounter with the divine with god is humility And we want to come before God wanting to do his will. I mean, that's, that's, that's very important. We're, we're, we're not, it's not so much about getting our way as wanting to conform ourselves to him. Right. I think it's important to understand that um, for Christians, we are praying to God. We are not entering into some way to manipulate the force or, or something like that. Like, and there's a lot of ways in, in which we pray um, when we enter into prayer, that we're 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 trying to manipulate God, really, in a lot of ways that prayer is taught. It's like you've got to do it this way for God to do this. It's like it's not really like that. Like God, God is a person; He has His agenda. He knows better than we do. And when we're praying, we are talking to this God, who is real. And and that's why love is important. Love again, a relational word. We're entering into. We have through Christ access to the Father, not only as his creatures, but now that we have the Holy Spirit, 
the Holy Spirit in our heart cries, Abba, Abba. Father. And so that's, that's right. the greatest form of access, you know, not, not everybody can wake me up in the middle of the night, right? Like it'd be, but my, my son can, right? My sons can come and if they need something, I'm there for them. And that's what God is like for us. Like when, when we come to him, we now have this status as heirs, as sons and daughters of God. So. Yeah. Interestingly, that's why in, in knowing God, uh, J.I. Packer, uh, makes the amazing and outrageous claim that um, adoption is a greater privilege even than justification. Hmm. Um, and I think he's right because because that it is relational, not just judicial. Um, and while our adoption does come from our justification, it gives us that privilege of love from God and love for God, um, which is just amazing. Yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing, our adoption. So number 241, what prayers should you learn as part of your rule of prayer? Well, after learning the Lord's Prayer, I should next aim to learn certain psalms, such as Psalms 23, 51, 95, 100, and 150, and prayers from the daily office. These prayers will ground me in the Christian tradition of prayer and teach me how to pray in my own words. Now, this is just great practical advice here, yeah. Isaac. Like, First, start with the Lord's Prayer. And for many of us, we'd be like, start with the Lord's Prayer. But there's a lot of people that have come from traditions that do not say the Lord's Prayer together. Right, right. So they don't know it. Um, so we shouldn't take this for granted. Like if you come from a tradition like that, or if you don't have a background in the faith at all, um, start with the Lord's Prayer. Put it into memory. Begin your day, end your day with the Lord's Prayer. It's like the first basic thing to do. And once you get that under your belt, um, start with the Psalms. Psalm 23. I mean, just an incredible psalm that brings comfort um, to us in so many different situations, right? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul, right? He's guiding me through both the valleys, the shadow of death um, to those green pastures. Just beautiful, beautiful imagery. Um, and then the prayers of the daily office. You know, at first, doing the daily office is really kind of difficult because you got to read through it all. And it's, it, it's kind of a, uh, it's kind of a boggy thing, right? It's easy to get stuck in it. But if you, if you continue to do it, and then you work to do the memorization of it so that you have the, all of these prayers memorized, then it can become a, a much lighter thing and, and beautiful thing because you just know by heart, the prayer of general thanksgiving, um, know by, you know, know by, know by heart, um, the confession of sin. And in part, part of the practical advice on, on, with, with that is um, as you're doing the daily office, you're going to find there's a lot of options. Kind of pick one and go with it. You know, that way you will memorize things better. Um, that, that's that's an area where um, the the older prayer books, which did not assume literacy, but were designed to, uh, mem you know, teach more memorization because people weren't, sometimes um, are a little bit more user-friendly than our, than our new ones because, you know, we get bored and so we want options. But um, as you're learning these things, pick pick one, go with it, whatever you're going, especially if it's something that y'all do at your parish, um, you know, use that parish option. Uh, the Psalms, the 30 day Psalm cycle, you will start to memorize those, you know, a lot of the Psalms that way. And um, yeah, these, these are real important. Uh, and in terms of kind of getting bogged down with some of this at first, uh, I'm reminded that uh, I believe it was C.S. Lewis likened um, learning the liturgy to learning a dance. You know, at first you're kind of uh, looking at your feet and you're very awkward, 
but eventually as you're as you learn a particular dance you're actually just enter into the enjoyment of doing that mm -hmm. with uh with 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 the other people or with the music and it's not it's it's a lot more fun than uh than trying to remember the steps taking time also it's not mentioned here but taking time also to memorize the liturgy on sunday the sunday liturgy is i think very important yeah um yeah and again, if you're if the more you're in church, the more you're going to memorize it. So, uh, you know, a lot of these things, uh, just by doing them regularly, you'll 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 begin to do that. Absolutely. And it also teaches us, grounds me. I love how it ends here. These prayers will ground me in the Christian tradition of prayer. So we need to be we need to be formed in in how to pray. And these prayers teach us. And it says, and teach me how to pray in my own words. And so because we are praying the prayers of the church um, together, that actually informs us when we make our prayers in our own words to God, how to pray rightly. And yeah, we start to model the the very good, solid prayers of the of the prayer book of the church um, in our own prayers, which is a very good thing. So question 242, what should you remember when prayers seem to go unanswered? I should be certain that God always hears my prayers and answers them by his wisdom in his own time and manner for my good and for his glory. Hmm. This is really difficult, right? Oh, yeah. And so some of this is learning how to trust God, hmm. um, you know, understanding that he does have that uh, that bigger picture. And so um, he does know what's what's best for us. That's, uh, you know, and go, again, go. I just had studied this passage in uh, Knowing God, but um, you know, Dr. Packer talks about as we lean into that adoption as God's children, it builds trust, it builds faith. And so we can um, handle these more difficult situations a lot healthier <laughs> than, than, than if we were a bit more immature in the faith. Right. Yeah. And, um, here, here it has 1 John 5, so starting at verse 14 and 15. It's a wonderful promise. St. John says, And this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests that we have asked of him. Yeah, and this is, this is the trust we have in God's goodness. Really, there are three three ways that God responds to our prayers. He always hears our prayers and he responds with either a no, uh, a yes, or a not yet. Or as yeah. um, one person put it to me the other day, no, go, or grow. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, that can be, the the no's are hard. The yeses are wonderful. The not yet's I think are the hardest. Right, right. Um, those times that we pray, we know it's the Lord's will for something to happen. Um, we know that the Lord wants us to be whole and healed. And let's say we pray for someone's healing and they aren't healed and they die. Um, that's tough. That that sort of not yet is tough because it's uh, we have to have the eyes of faith to see and believe the resurrection from the dead and the life of the world to come. That there is a not yet where the Lord will put all things to right, and he will answer that prayer, even though we do not see it, um, this side of the resurrection. 
and we see throughout the Psalms and even 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 in Revelation, um, you know, the, the the martyrs crying out to God saying, "Okay, how long, Lord? Mm. That's not a bad prayer to have. You know, it's okay to to ask that." But um, sometimes God's answer to that is a little bit longer. Yes, and uh, that's that that prayer of how long, O Lord, is all throughout the Psalms. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The psalmist is constantly saying, how long, O Lord? And the beautiful imagery of Revelation, there's that imagery of the angel who comes and brings the incense of the prayers up to God into the throne room. You remember yeah. that? Yeah. Oh, and yeah. He casts it onto the earth. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. cool. There's kind of this sense as God's collecting these prayers, right? He's collecting them. And at the right time, right, he, he casts them onto the earth. He answers them. And those prayers are effective. And so the righteous... The prayers of a righteous man availed much, as uh, James tells us. And this then uh, flows well into our next question, number 243. Um, how should you pray in times of suffering? I should pray trusting in the sufficiency of God's grace and in joyful assurance that, quote, suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope and hope does not put us to shame, unquote. Yeah, there's a big sense that um, oftentimes the Lord does use suffering for as, as to teach us to grow us. Mm. Um, you know, that's that's definitely a very biblical understanding, and that doesn't make suffering easier, but it does help us to remember there is a long view, and and God sees that whole long view in a way that we don't. Yeah, right. I think for some Christians. They have this idea that if I'm walking with God, I sort of should have some sort of shield, even as I go through suffering, where it won't really be suffering, you know, fully suffering. Like somehow, if I'm a Christian and my, um, God forbid, you know, my son dies as a as an infant, right? That it shouldn't hurt, just as just like it would hurt someone who was um, a non Christian. And that's just frankly baloney. Um, yeah, it's not true. I mean, as Christians, we suffer, um, as all people suffer, and also we have the added suffering at times of of standing up for the gospel. Yeah. and um, we need to be clear eyed about this that that suffering is hard, and there are there are stories in the Bible, and there are stories today where the um, people are taken into custody for their faith and they're thrown into prison and they're tortured and God appears to them. Jesus appears to them and he comforts them or an angel comforts them. But there are also yeah. stories where people are thrown into jail and they do not have that experience, but right. they just experience complete and utter desolation and loneliness. And they have to deal with that and learn how to trust God even without that comfort and learn how to pray um, through that desolation. And so um, it's really, really important that we understand um, that we're not immune from the sufferings of this world. Yeah. And an interesting thing, you know, just in terms of that perspective, you know, in uh, St. Paul's uh, epistle to the Philippians, when he talks, he gives us that command to rejoice in the Lord always. And also in that same book, when he talks about, he's found the secret of contentment. Um, he's writing that from jail. Yeah. <laughs> he is imprisoned. He is abandoned by everybody at that point. Um, but he's still, has all that from the Lord. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm reminded of a friend of mine who um, he he's, he's passed on, he's with the Lord now, but um, you know, he spent many years uh, in and out of the hospital with some uh, 
crazy sickness, the kind of thing that you're not supposed to survive once, but he had it three times, you know, one of those types of cancers. And um, he, he always saw his trips to the hospital as an opportunity to, to, to bring the Lord's light to other people that were there. So he's like, okay, these are nurses and other patients I wouldn't be able to, to talk to if I wasn't here. And so even though it was uh, for a sickness that eventually did, did lead to his death, um, you know, he, he, he saw, okay, this, I'm going to let this suffering be an opportunity for the gospel, Amen. which is so admirable. Yeah. Um, that's, that's not my attitude when I have a bad day. So, well, that's a, be that's a beautiful gift that we have as Christians is that the cross and resurrection of Christ and him giving the Holy Spirit to us means that we can find meaning and purpose no matter what our life situation is in. That's right. We can join right. our sufferings to Christ and in our sufferings, we can find the, um, the calling that God has for us in them to minister to others and to love others and to pray no matter the situation. And that is a great gift. Amen. All right. Well, any, any last things here about, uh, about the practical application of prayer? Yeah, I, I just reinforce, um, the, the more you, the more you pray, the better you get at it. So that's, that's the last practical thing there. Just do it. Yeah. Practice, practice, practice. Thank you for joining us for Anglican Catechesis, where we're learning to follow Jesus on the Anglican way. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to like, subscribe, share with your friends, and leave a comment below. You can also take Anglican Catechesis with you on the go by subscribing to the podcast. You can find the link in the YouTube description. Lord willing, we look forward to seeing you next week. Until then, may the God of hope fill us with all joy and peace in believing through the power of the Holy Spirit.